Same thing you just did. You right. Bye. <laughs> Our goal is simple to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Good morning and welcome to the Better Your Business show where failure is not required. Learn from our panel of industry experts as we teach you how to better your business. I'm Natalie Esman, financial strategist and your host. Joining us this morning, we have marketing guru Dodds, Todd Social and co-founder of Pillar 5 Software and ID Systems, Tehran Glover. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, indeed. If you are an entrepreneur, Yes, indeed. So if you're an entrepreneur, glad to be here. Glad to be here. I want to give a quick shout out to the most phenomenal Sh uh, Shanna Maven. Shanna is not with us this morning. She's a little under the weather. That's cool. We got her back. Um, but I'm sure she's there with us in spirit. Um, if, yeah. Now, however, if you are an entrepreneur of any sort, mamapreneur or papapreneur, then I am sure that you're an overachiever that has decided to go after your dreams, which you may not have, but we don't have often as we go through this journey of entrepreneurship is experts that can help us and give us step-by-step bite-sized information to make sure that we realize our dreams. And that's why we brought the show. We all know that building a business doesn't come within an instruction manual, but our goal here is to turn your roadblocks into bite-sized pieces to help you better your business. Yes. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, Make sure you go to Pillar5.com and take your free business assessment and then join us live in our virtual studio so we can address any comments and concerns throughout the show. Absolutely. Guys, I'm excited about today's show. Yes, today's definitely. There's going to be interesting perspectives, things that people are scared to look at, especially when looking at themselves. In interpersonal and intrapersonal information is amazing what it does to you in real life. Your so what, who, who are we having today? Who is who is the special guest today? So we have Mike Raber joining us this morning, and he has a very extensive background. He is published author, multiple books. I think my last count was at seven. He may have more published than that. He's been in the financial uh, industry for 35 years and entrepreneurship and scaling businesses for the last multiple couple of decades. So he's very knowledgeable. One of the things I really appreciate about him is very big in influencing mindset and going over what is imposter syndrome. Are you an influencer? Are you an expert? And I found it extremely intriguing, excuse me, when he was breaking out the differences between them, because gosh, I don't even know that we're aware always necessarily of what it is and how we're doing it. I know when I first heard it, I was like imposter syndrome. Well, that sounds like you're being fake, <laughs> right? Like, what does that mean? Right. And then um, when he started talking about it more, I was like, wow, we're all doing it all day long, I think really is the truth. Or I think it because I'm doing it all day long, one of the two. Mm. <laughs> right? so it was very intriguing right. to me to learn about it. Yeah, positive. Yeah, I went through the same thing with it. Like, oh, that must be a thing, I guess. And then I looked into it a little bit more. I was like, oh, okay. So this has, and I'm sure we're going to find out some more from his expert perspective on it. But the light understanding I had of it was there's a natural anxiety that comes up when you're just unsure of yourself. 
you're wondering like, am I capable of doing this? It's like, well, yeah, you were doing it before you got labeled that. So it's really just owning yourself or being familiar enough with yourself. But it seems like it is a normal thing that people go through, um, but definitely something needs to be addressed um, because it can yeah, definitely absolutely. carry you in the wrong you know, uh, direction you're not trying to go in. Yeah. Well, you know, I love to climb into the mindset of people like this, like our guests, because, you know, he sees the arc uh, of what you go through as a person in leadership and an entrepreneur. Like you have to always have a certain type of mindset that really helps you kind of manifest and, and grow out to what you want your business to become. But a lot of people don't have that experience, nor sometimes do they often take the time to maybe you know, look at things from different perspectives. So I love to hear from leaders like this because what they remind us of is that we go through this whole journey, right? Of growth and scale and how to do things the right way and how often we fail and how to respond to it. And it's how people respond and, and how they grow in those tough times, I think shows us the ability on how to bring a better foundation. And I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, from him, you know, based on his background, because anybody that has a financial background understands that finances are the foundation, you know, for every, you know, good business, no matter what, what, you know, perspective we come from. So even from a marketing perspective, it's night and day, you know, when I have a marketing budget versus trying to, you know, bootstrap things together, you know, it makes that much of, of, a, of a difference. Now, leverage is the action taken from that. But at the end of the day, if you have a true visionary, has a visionary roadmap in every aspect and detail their business. And I think that's what we're going to hear from today. Yes, let's bring him in the studio, Mark Raber. Good morning. Welcome. We're happy to have you here with us this morning. Good morning, Natalie, Tehran, and Todd. It's great to be here with the three of you. And the audience, of course. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would, I would, I would like to ask quickly, Mike. What? So, what is? Uh, has a such a ring to it, an enticing ring to it. You know what? Let's get into that later. I want to ask, what is um, the website? Its name that's going to take everybody's brain somewhere. I would love to go into what is imposter syndrome in the first place. Okay, well, imposter syndrome is, and I'll start with our friends Merriam-Webster and the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, which defines first the definition of imposter syndrome is a psychological condition that is characterized by persistent doubt concerning one's abilities or accomplishments, accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of one's ongoing success. Imposter syndrome is a pattern of thinking which affects the way we see ourselves. It can be associated with low self-esteem or a fear of not being good enough. And I really like the dictionary's definition because it talks about as going against evidence of one's ongoing success. As an example, throughout my career, I have read hundreds of books, attended probably thousands of seminars, etc., written various books, and I had everything that would fall in line with being an expert to my craft. Yet I always felt there was one more book I needed to read, one more course I needed to take. And it wasn't really until a couple of years ago over Christmas, I was talking to my daughter and she looked at me she, with kind of an irritated look on her face. She goes, Dad, I believe that we are all born with a superpower. And it's our job to figure out what that is and then share it with the world. She then paused and said, you spent the last 25 years building businesses, taking care of us and mom. 
and helping her with her business, it's time that you take all of your skill sets, get over this fear of imposter syndrome that you apparently have, and go out and share with the world. And that was when it really hit me that she saw something inside me, like our children often do, that I didn't see. And I then started to really dive down into imposter syndrome and what is it and how do we overcome it? And then broke it down into four basic steps, which I'll share with everybody today. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have me waiting on the edge of a cliff just now. <laughs> yeah. Please continue. Yes. Go. Go for it. And it was fun because I'll end with the story of one of the things that I saw which really enlightened me in the power of our own brain and how it will work for us if we let it. And kind of goes back into the four secrets. And secret number one is own your own expertise. Don't fall prey to your insecurities. Often, again, we're an expert, but yet we have the insecurity come up. And because of that, we step back instead of moving forward versus owning it. And maybe we're not as good as we want to be yet. That's okay. We're better than those behind us. It's our responsibility to lift those as we move forward. And also, we, as we move forward, those who are ahead of us will see if we move forward and bring us with them. So it's an ongoing chain of effect, so to speak. But if we don't move, nothing happens, right? It's like water stuck in a dam versus water that's easily able to flow through a stream. Number two, secret, whether or not you're an imposter, expert, or influence lies in the belief of yourself or your belief of yourself. And I think Jim Rohn hit it on the spot when he came up with the phrase, beware of the thief on the street who's after your purse, but also beware of the thief in your mind that's after your promise. And so many of us are looking at outside things and we forget about what's right here is our most powerful asset. And if we use it and position it to give us and guide to us what we want, Katie, bar the door. Life is can be as good or as not so good as you want it to be. And then secret number three is what your mind can believe through proper conditioning you can achieve. Another great saying I like is Henry Ford stated years back. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. Which now brings me into secret number four, and then I'll share the story of my daughter, and then we can chat from there. And secret number four is be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. Oftentimes we lean into coaches, we lean into mentors, and we don't always follow what they say. We kind of tweak it, and then we wonder why it doesn't work. Versus if we truly trust the person guiding us, and we don't question it, anything is possible. And a great example, obviously my daughter, trust me, I was her father, and she knew that I had the ability to teach her to help her overcome a challenge. And so many years back, she's nine years old, she's going out for the YMCA basketball team. And in order to make the team, she had to shoot free three throws in the row, which was part of the tryouts. And she never shot a free throw in her life. And she found this out two days before tryouts, and I'm on a business trip. So she caused me a panic. Dad, dad, I just found out that I have to shoot three free throws. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I never shot a free throw. I really want to be on the team, but I don't see how I have a chance. What should I do, dad? And of course, she's freaking out like a nine-year-old would in that situation. And I said, relax, Sabrina. I got your back. I'll be back tomorrow night. We'll go to the gym. I promise you before you leave the gym, you'll be an expert at shooting free throws. Okay, dad, if you say, trust your guides, right? So we go to the gym. We walk up to the hoop. I had her stand right where I knew she could easily make the shot because I've seen her do it many times. Boom, shot goes in. 
I now said, now back up, hold the ball, back up, and walk up to the free throw line. So she backs up to the free throw line. And now I said, take the ball and position it as if you were going to shoot it just like you just did. Okay, Dad. I then said, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to feel the ball release out of your hands, flow through the air, and effortlessly go through the hoop. Okay, Dad. I said, then I want you to repeat that 100 times. She goes, swish, swish. Swish, 100 perfect free throws, in her mind anyway. I then said, good, let's go home. And she said, but, I said, no, but let's go home. You got it mastered. We went home. The next day she went to tryouts. She walked up at the free throw line. I walked up behind her. And I said, remember what you did 100 perfectly times yesterday, but this time I want you to release the ball when you open your eyes. So she takes the ball. She closes her eyes. She opens them. Swish, free throw number one. Free throw number two, three throw number three, three perfect three throws. She then goes, sits down. The coach walks up after trials and goes, it was amazing. She's the only kid who made all three free throws. Do you guys practice them all the time? And I said, no, to be totally truthful, this morning was the first time she ever did that. The coach goes, but how? And I said, simple. She didn't know she couldn't. That's right. Oh, love that. Love she that. didn't know she couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, therefore, she did. She muscle memory. Unfortunately, though, as the season went, she realized that she couldn't do it, and now she doesn't make a hundred in a row. Or she doesn't make <laughs> right. Yeah. All lies. Awesome. awesome. So wow. But she still carried the team, so that worked. <laughs> we might need to apply that as adults then. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I forget who said it, but it's like walk into your truth until you end up there. Mm-hmm. Like start, like you're you're not waiting for a certain date, time, benchmark. You're already there. Yeah. Be behaving in that way, and they'll match up. They'll end up matching up. That's yeah, I like so that. True. And being in the present, and that we have perceived expectations of what we think. Say networking example, which we'll get to later in the show. We have perceived expectations of an outcome that we expect to happen. Or we go into an event and we're expecting one thing to happen, and then it doesn't necessarily go that way, and we're puzzled why. It was because we didn't properly set our mindset up and truly define what we wanted to have happen before we entered the door, before we entered the event. And it's making that little tweak that will decide whether we succeed or whether we don't succeed to the extent that we could have. I don't mm. think we ever, as Tyler's shirt says, failure is not required. <laughs> as, um, <laughs> I don't think it's, you don't have to. In fact, the only way a person fails, in my opinion, is if they try something and it doesn't work, they never try it again. As long as we mm. keep working at it, we are going to succeed. And as long as we succeed to the degree of doing it our best, to what we are wired, what we are skilled to do, we win. Therefore, those around us win. Mm. Mm. Wow. Interesting. That's a that's a good perspective. And it, it makes me want to ask you more about that own your expertise, because the way I think about it is, is anyone truly an expert in something? Like when you had to write your first book, were you actually an expert or were you no. exploring, you know, your understanding of what you wanted to communicate? So in terms of, of that nature, I find that what you said about imposter syndrome resonates with a lot of people. Because it's like, even though you've done it or you accomplish it, you still feel you have to do one more. And so, how would you um, give advice to someone that maybe struggles with that? Because I know, you know, with marketing, 
it's always a struggle with me, you know, because it's getting to know the person's voice, it's understanding their nature, it's getting their post pattern, it's figuring out, you know, what, and especially now nowadays with, with politics and, and all other natures uh, of what social media has become, people, I see imposter syndrome pretty obvious now because either people got really good pictures, that's, that's it, or they have really, really good content. But it, a lot of them don't have that balance between the two where it's communicating their, their picture of emotion and the content of devotion. So how would you advise somebody that may be struggling with, with imposter syndrome or is looking for an understanding of their expertise to kind of reaffirm it or reclaim it? I would say there's two parts. Number one, it's if we want to learn something, a new skill set, find someone who is a little bit further ahead of us, not who's way ahead of us, because if we do that, then we will often compare ourselves to what they're doing, which seems impossible given where we're at right now. And it's yeah. easy to give up. Find someone that is a little bit further down the road and then ask them for advice, ask them for help and figure out what they're doing that works and copy it be totally honest. One of the things I found, which is interesting, is those who are really good at doing something, who are really successful, are open and will freely share what they know if asked. Mm -hmm. Yet people who don't really know what they're doing are often so freely to share what they know. In fact, the mentor once told me, trust the person who looks like they know what they're doing, who looks like the expert, but doesn't offer the advice. Don't trust the person who appears to be the expert and so freely will give it. Because a true expert knows that if it's worth giving, it's also worth being asked and then given to. Number two, I think, is knowing that as we go through down our journey, and I actually have a podcast called The Influencer's Journey Show, where I talk about that. And the goal is to find people that are a little bit further down their journey and then hear their story. Because if I share my story Hopefully, people that are in business can say, oh, he did that. I could do that, too. But if, say, Bill Gates was talking about his journey, it's a totally different journey. And if a person who is newly in business compares themselves to Bill Gates, it's intimidating by right because they're not yet at that point. So I, going back to the increment milestones, having finding people that are a little bit ahead of us that we can ask questions to. But then as you're perfecting your skill set, don't do it halfway, go all the way. And I think one of the best examples of this is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is by far one of the best basketball players out there in the NBA. Yet when he would show up at a game, he would show up early and shoot hoops, shoot hoops. He was always on the court. He was always shooting and practicing and perfecting his skill. Even though he was better than most, he never sat back and said, okay, I'm good. I can chill. Well, I went and played baseball for a while, but then he came back, <laughs> right? So he was always improving upon his own athletic abilities, which a true expert will do. In fact, it's been said that when Michael Jordan enters the court, everybody in the game plays better. The players on his team plays better because they have him on the court with them. And the people on the opposite side play better because they want to play in his likeliness. Yeah, that makes absolute awesome. sense. Makes absolute sense. Wow. Yes, and we're going to expand on that. We're going to go into a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Mike Raber, CEO of 100 Million Strong. Be right back. The Influence Journey Show. Got to catch that, by the way. <clears throat> Indeed. Imagine you stand, you pick up a pebble and drop it into the water. 
and a small ripple starts to form. Another person walks up next to you and also drops a pebble into the pond. And now you have two different ripples starting to form, causing the ripples to expand out. More and more people walk up and drop a pebble into the pond. The ripple now starts to become a small wave. Because of the increased momentum of the pebbles hitting the water, the wave becomes a tidal wave. Now, instead of the pebbles being dropped into a pond, imagine a ripple effect is created by random acts of kindness, the fulfilled mission of a nonprofit organization or a local small business owner serving its community. Welcome to 100 Million Strong SBC. We empower nonprofit organizations, small business owners, and influencers to serve the mission, achieve financial liberation, and build community. We do that by providing the score building blocks needed to design, grow, and scale their vision, and ultimately their business. If this sounds like you, we invite you to link arms and together let's make the world a better place. Hello and welcome to the Los Angeles Tribune. Since 1886, our name has been a part of the world of journalism. We've earned a reputation for being a publication that practices integrity, authenticity, and responsibility. For general inquiries, contact today. Thank you on behalf of the Los Angeles Tribune team. with Mike Raber, CEO of 100 Million Strong, and we are going over imposter syndrome this morning. Are you an imposter, an expert, or an influencer? Mike, Mike, we're happy to have you here. I know we were at, we just finished step number two <laughs> before we went to commercial break. Uh, yes. You want to take us into three and four? Sure. Three, again, is what your mind can achieve through proper conditioning it can achieve and then four is be be um coachable and trust your mentors or guides and in business it's often easy to second guess our coaches i remember one of my very first mentors i ran a limousine company in seattle years ago and i was doing everything that i thought was right yet i was falling further further in debt my business was close to being bankrupt all the typical things that entrepreneurs go through and i couldn't figure out why and one of the reasons was I had multiple limousines, which I didn't need, and I was paying for high price advertising, which I didn't really need. 
I was paying to make the phone ring, but I wasn't capturing the calls, right? Mm -hmm. So I hired this mentor and the mentor said, I want you to cut all your yellow page men off. And I looked at him and said, but if I do that, I'm out of business. And which he smiled and said, you're already out of business. You just haven't figured it out yet, Mike. Tell you wow. what, I would teach you how to turn the business around and how to ultimately sell it at a later point, but you have to follow me. Right. Which means cut out all your yellow page advertisement and then call me when you're done and I'll take you to the next step. If not, I'm done here. I knew that he knew a whole lot more than I did. And I knew that I was on my way out of business. So I canceled all my yellow page advertisement. The business went dark. I called him up and then said, so now what do I do? And he said, I want you to go back to all your clients and explain to them that you are in business to ensure that not only do they have first class transportation, but also that they have the need that they, their needs and um, challenges that may come up in their life that you have solutions for. And I said, how do I do that? And he said, simple, go to your, do a lot of networking, right? And I said, yeah. He says, I want you to go to all the people in your network and figure out who are true experts in what they do and then build a referral directory and use that to teach them how to not only be better at their businesses, but at the same time, serve your clients, which I did. And overnight, the business went from being in the red to being in the black. It went from being non-profitable but being profitable. And I was able to build a very strong infrastructure within the business because number one is 100% by referral. Number two, people were reaching out to me whether they needed a limousine ride, candle stick maker, painter, plumber, didn't make matter who. And because of that, I was always in the forefront of their mind, which kind of brought in a whole other scenario around non-traditional networking, which I can share with you more later if you want. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so, so why not me? Where does this come from? I know you were, you were breaking down kind of earlier. What does it boil down to? What can somebody watching now who's like, wait, I think they're talking about that stuff that we were talking about. They're just talking about it in a different way. Those kind of conversations that may happen from this show. What is the rank? What is the reason that they think? Why Why not me? Or why, why me? I guess it would be the thing they're saying. Well, why not me would, I guess, fall into the insecurity, which our goal obviously is to have to move past that because it's up here when they make that switch, like turning on a light bulb or flipping a switch, why shouldn't it be them? And it goes back to my daughter's phrase. Everybody's born with a superpower. It's our job to figure out what that is. We all have a core genius. Everybody in their own right. You look at a two-year-old who's watching a three-year-old and the three-year-old gets up and wobbles across the room. And the two-year-old who is barely able to stand up, looks at that three-year-old and says, holy, wow, holy cow, that three-year-old is amazing. I wish I could do that. And we're talking about wobbling across the room here, right? Mm -hmm. We do the same thing every day that the two-year-old does. And chances are the three-year-old will turn around and say, hey, help me, let me help you up. And they give right. them a hand and the two wobble across the room together and the two-year-old falls on their face because they're not an expert yet. Our goal, obviously, is right. to help them not fall on their face and also get them up off their feet and moving forward. At the same time, though, it's ensuring the, the belief, I guess, that... Mm -hmm. If we truly are an expert in something, if we truly have our core genius, why would the world then not be waiting for it? It goes back to the commercial that you played earlier, dropping a pebble in a pond. If we do it by ourselves and we hold back, we don't fully show up, not only are we cheating ourselves from what we could have, we are cheating those who we are able to help from our blessings. I agree 100% there. I agree 100%, man. You are hitting it right on. I guess so. So, is it safe to say that you, 
Well, first you have to look at yourself if you're if you're experiencing that, and you, then you want to look immediately around your inner circle. Hmm. Yeah. What thoughts are being supported when you mm -hmm. think that? Is it being encouraged, or, or do you have people around you saying, "Come on, man, you, come on, young lady, you know, you're an ace at this. You do this in your sleep. I wish I could do that." And it kind of like what stuff has, I guess, has to happen. Then it is realized. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's, it's okay that I do this. It's okay that I do this this way. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so true. <clears throat> and I think that oftentimes we will get so caught up in our mind. Kind of, I think it's more ego. Ego gets in the way. And because of that, we don't want to show up and look silly or we are afraid that we won't be able to do it to the way we should versus just doing it. And it's the doing it that makes it happen. Right. So when I realized that my worst enemy was my ego and I chose to no longer give into it, life got a whole lot easier. It got a whole lot more fun because I don't care anymore. I just do it. And of course, I'm not I'm not reckless in the way that I do it. I'm careful. I make sure that what I'm doing is right. And if not, I surround myself with around people who, like you said earlier, who can do that. One of my favorite phrases is figure out what your weaknesses are and then surround yourself with other people whose skill sets are your weaknesses. Don't try to take a weakness and make it better. Focus on what you already do. I mean, of course, if it's something that is easily changeable, change it. But focus on what you do well. Again, the core genius, your superpower. Surround yourself with other people whose skill sets collaborate with, work along with, and then do it as a team. It's one of the reasons why you look at special forces as an example. They're so powerful because they work as a team. It's not one person. It's everybody working in perfect unison with each other. Very similar to what you all are doing now in trying to help the entrepreneur. Spot on, man. I like it. I like that. I've heard that, too. I think it was Gary V. I heard say that. He says, everybody, when they hear about what they're bad at, they start getting all depressed. <laughs> Double down on what you're good at. You find something you're good at, own that. Fall in love with that. You know, that's a, that's a gift of genius or that's a that's a gift that can be offered. If we own it, double down on our strengths and we, as we work on our weaknesses and compensate them with team building. But you're yeah. good enough. You're, you know, you're, you made it already. When you woke up this morning, you won. So mm. I think those empowering type of things, self, is, you know, it's like not letting ego do it, but just being confident mm -hmm. you know, and being okay winning, you know? Right. And that's how we learn different skills that's, that may not even be in our professional life. I mean, a person will pick up a basketball, going back to the basketball analogy, and bounce around a court and have fun out there because they're not doing it with the assumption that they're going to try out for the NBA. Some do, but most of them just do it because it's fun, right? Yeah, other things that they try to do, they're not comparing themselves to the NBA player, and then they wonder why they aren't succeeding. It's because they're not an NBA player. They're not, that's not their superpower. So it's figuring out what that is and then relaxing and doing it, having fun doing it, living in a moment, I always say. So the, so their influencer's journey, I mean, to me is also kind of really directly tied a little bit probably to their ego, um, mm -hmm. especially if we're on the basketball analogy, because I can talk basketball with you all day. Um, essentially, like you, you'll have individuals on teams, mm -hmm. influencers, you know, influencers at their position, influencers with their skill set, or influencers, you know, in society, right? Mm -hmm. But how do they collectively in their own journey become a part of a team? And the correlation to me is how do they take what they influence and become a part of a business or become 
the influencer of a business to be able to to grow because ultimately they're they're starting out driven by ego but eventually they have to let go of ego to actually mm -hmm. to grow so what, what are your thoughts on that i think part of it is surrounding ourselves again with other people that are doing it that are already at a place where we want to be at or somewhere along that way and then it's like they were saying goes we are a combination of the five people we spend the most of our time with yeah. and now granted not everybody of those five people may be the ideal scenario hopefully over time you're able to have we have those we love we have what i call our christmas card list people right some yeah. you to invite to a christmas party but that's not the person you probably want to have a professional conversation with yeah. And then you have your advisors that you work with as far yeah. as people. And they may not be advisor in the technical term, but people who are already doing, again, what you want to do and leaning into them. And then you have the core five people that are of like mind, of like value, of like spirit, so to speak. And the more efficient that becomes, the faster one can grow. Man, I hope everybody's taking notes, man. <laughs> I know I have. This is a book. I see how you're on your seventh and eighth. How many, how many books is it? Seven now, books. Counted seven? Yeah. And actually, that was kind of funny because the one of the um, four, three of the books, I'm part of a book collaboration project, which you guys will hear more about later with Brilliant Breakthrough Scenario Series, which I know you're going to have a couple of the authors on. In fact, um, Carlton is one of them this year is we sat down and we said, if we really want to help the smart business owner, how can we best do that? I had already written a book before, but I can make a whole lot more further momentum in helping smart business owners if I collaborate with nine other brilliant business owners or brilliant experts, and together we write a book, right? And now I share a chapter and so-and-so shares a chapter, and now we have a book with 10 different experts, 10 different stories, 10 different things to teach, and that because of being the collaboration of the 10, we are able to reach out to each other's marketplace so we can reach a much better network, a much bigger network. We are able to feed off of each other and it's a whole lot easier to write a piece of something than a whole thing, right? It's a lot easier to be on going back to basketball. Now, I don't know why basketball seems to be the topic of the day, but it's a lot easier to win a game with five people on a court than one. If you had to run down to court with five other people by yourself, it's going to be a very tiring and probably humbling experience. And if you have five people, even if only one or two, like Todd said, are really good, the influencer anchors of the team, the team's going to show up and shine because you, they feed off of each other. They're going down the court and you have the Ali whoop. You have everything working together that makes that perfect mix. Life's the same way. We just often forget that in sports, other things, it seems to be the norm yet in our own lives, for whatever reason, people don't follow suit. Kids get it. I love working with kids because you give a kid an idea and they'll go out and get five other people to share the idea with them, figure out a way to make it work. Adults again get caught up on ego. We're gonna go into a quick commercial break, but part of what I love about that is it just makes me think that we are all influencing somebody, whether it's, you know, on a social media large scale, whether it's, hey, I've written a book or whether it's, you know, my niece or my child or, you know, we're all being influenced and influencing somebody. So I think that's something that we all need to keep in mind and knowing that that's part of the purpose that we have is with that. 
and mm -hmm. that we just have to keep that front of mind as we're going throughout our day and knowing that our life isn't just getting up, going to pay the bills, and then that's it. So we're going to go into commercial. <laughs> a wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. Ron, you're muted. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like what you just said at the end before you went to that break, Natalie. I was very, I think that's very important. And I think it's very important to share. If people understood that with their mess ups right now, there's somebody, they're saving people's lives. There's somebody who can't wait to see your corny posts. There's somebody who can't wait to see your all of the stuff double down on what's good and it changes it and i don't think people realize how powerful they are i was on a bus one day years ago and a young lady got on a bus that i worked i managed to call center years ago and she got on that bus i'll never forget it you know those times when you see somebody and you don't remember their name and you're embarrassed and you're trying to like remember the name she sat right behind me tapped on my shoulder and she had like a little like swaggy attitude with her I'm like hey what's going on young lady it's like hey uh you know i named my son after you so I look over my shoulder. I'm like, well, how do you spell it? You know, she's like, the same way, just one N. Oh, no, she said it without two Ns. I'm like, oh, okay, well, mine has two Ns on it. And she told me right through that bus, she said, I didn't even like that job. But because of the way you started those meetings and got mm -hmm. us ready to go, it helped me in a place she happened to be at. Mm. Now, this was years later, but it gave me more courage and intention in doing certain specific things that I knew were having impacts on people that I just wouldn't know before. And that led to stuff, other stuff throughout the years. But without her telling me that, I would have never probably doubled down on, um, you know, a person can't tell me not to make somebody else feel good. You can just hang that up. That's not going to happen. <laughs> because once that happens, it, it, it affects you in a certain way. You, you know, it adds to your value as a, well, to me, it adds to my value as a person to be able to give value to somebody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and for her to name her child after you, right? yeah. you made a pretty significant difference for her. Right. And everyone has a story like that is what's amazing. Or at least if they don't have a story, they have a moment like that that they're not even aware of yet. Or maybe never will be aware of, but we all have moments like that. And that's just so awesome to know that you're making such a difference in people's lives like that. Yeah, so true and so important. Like one of my favorite sayings is geared more around kids, but I think with people in general, is people are so busy watching what they do, they forget to listen to what we say. And that's that. Littlest, one of the things I always try, no matter what I'm doing, I always try to remember back to the beginning. And 
in many many of the things that I've done, I built a great success in. Yet, it, I didn't come always with those skills. That's it was a learning process. It still is. A restaurant's open and a construction, as I like to say. And I think when we are able to be vulnerable at the right time and show somebody, hey, it's all right, you got this, just keep going, or you, you got this, I'll help you. That's when together, like you said earlier, Tehran, when we help somebody else, yes, we help them, but we help ourselves more. It's an energetical factor, 100 million strong, the organization that I'm designing is all about that. It's one person helping another, helping another, helping another, but doing it collaboratively. And it's through the collaborative impact that the true power, the true rise of the energetical positive push outward is able to be realized. Yeah. Can you go and tell me more than 100 million strong? Why did you do that? Why are you doing it? What is his intention? What is that going to look like? What does it look like in real life? Okay. Well, one of the things I... A couple of years back, after my daughter and I had a conversation, I was looking around at all these different things that were happening in the world. And these movements, very powerful, very good and timely things were happening. But it was they were happening individual of each other. And some of them were intertwined. But for the most part, a movement would pop up and it would go down. Another would pop up and it would go down. And it got me thinking, if we had a way of taking all of these amazing things that people are doing, kids are showing up now. Adults are showing up now. People are showing up in ways now that five years ago they would have never, we wouldn't see them, we wouldn't hear of them, we wouldn't know the stories, right? Now they're showing up and the world is ready to listen. Yet there's still pushback, which tells me is we need that added power, so to speak. It's like, say, using a car. If we're going to push a car and another person comes up and helps you push the car, it gets easier. Another person pushes the car. And if you get that people behind the car, you can push the car up the hill. And it's getting enough people together, these movements together, nonprofit organizations working together, small business owners working together, but for the betterment of the community, which is why if you see the SPC at the end of 100 million strong, that's special purpose corporation, which allows it to grow as a corporation, yet still the sole purpose is to be mission driven, is to be community focused, to have that enterprise or social impact scenario that Yes, it needs to grow a profit. Yes, it needs to grow as a business. But it's more important that it has that social impact in a positive, good way. And it's structured that way. And as business owners, as influencers, as nonprofit organizations, etc., if instead of working in our own little pocket, if we can learn to work together, to collaborate together, we will have 5, 10, 15, 100, 100 million times the impact, times momentum that we can have by ourselves, which is why it became necessary to create. It's so true. I have a, a friend who owns a, a few nonprofits, and one of them that he started is to help nonprofits become sustainable together. Because he said that's one of the biggest challenges in the nonprofit sector, which kind of blew my mind because I thought, well, isn't that the whole point of the nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. What do you mean they're competing with each other and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's the same thing. Yeah, they're still business. They have to help get money to fund things and like that. But how much more powerful could they be if they all came together towards those causes and community to do that? So, yeah. And that kind of goes back to the networking scenario that in, again, I refer to as non-traditional networking, is even in networking, people will tend to look at it as 
it's for me. If I go to a networking meeting, how do I get more business? Rather than how do I walk into a meeting and figure out who in that room has a skill set, a resource that someone that I know or someone in my community could benefit from? And being that connector, making the introduction, and now there's the connector, the person, the person with the resource, and the person with the need. All three of them now are working together and instead of a need perhaps being unfulfilled or the person with the resource not having a client when they certainly should have one, it's put together and done in a way that makes them work together and everybody wins. And because of that, like an example with the limousine company, years ago I had a scenario where one of my clients needed a painter and I knew a painter and she knew I knew the painter. So she asked if I could refer the painter and I got her permission to have the painter call her. I then had the painter give her a call and the painter set up the appointment to meet with her. I then asked him to call me when he was leaving her driveway. And she then was surprised that I called her as he was leaving the driveway. Why well, I can't believe you called. He just left. He did a fantastic job. So she was extremely happy. The painter was happy. Now, keep in mind, and this is a question for entrepreneurs to ask yourselves right now. Which is more profitable? Which is more valuable? The painter, let's say I went to the meeting with the intention to meet the painter and do business with him. And I took him to the airport, which I did at one point, which was a $90 job, right? But because I flipped it, and how can I create this win-win for everybody? I facilitated this triangle, this process like I just explained. Yes, I helped him. Yes, I still got business from him. But because I helped my client, who then had a housewarming party, who then had four corporate wives, well, they were the corporate people in the scenario, come through this the process, I picked up four corporate accounts, one of which was a Seahawks. So which is more profitable, to be the connector or to be the resource provider? I've learned and made a whole lot more money being that connector and building resources, building relationships, building that network than going to a network meeting. Mike, you might dropping all over the place, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, I saw you went unmuted. Did you have a comment or question? I wanted to ask about the special purpose corporation because I know that's a little bit different than you know traditional corporations. So explain to the audience for that what that kind of is so they kind of understand your vision and your reasoning for doing that specifically. Okay. An special purpose corporation, which to my knowledge is only available in Washington or um, Florida, I believe. California has a version of it. Some states have what they call a B corporation. And really the difference is if you create a corporation, everything the corporation does, the main job of the corporation is to earn profit for the shareholders, whether they're the owners or whether they're a whole bunch of people, right? So if the job is to earn profit and there's a social need that the corporation has the ability to step up and serve, but may not be as high of a profit return as some other need or as some other way of doing business, the corporation has handcuffs to work with the one that may not be as socially responsible, but will yield a better profit because, again, they owe the shareholders that. A special purpose corporation means that the model, mission, and directive of the corporation is to remain socially conscious, socially responsible, and fulfill the mission of that corporation. Now, I'm not an attorney, so in all due respect, what I'm saying is a 30,000-foot view of how those break down. So if you have other questions, 
certainly there is resources you can go to find that out. But the overall essence and why I create an SBC is I want the number one, I may not always be around, but this corporation will continue to evolve. I want the number one mission, the number one driver of this corporation, 100 million strong, to be socially conscious, to be socially minded, to be there, yes, to make a profit, but also, more importantly, to serve the community, to make the world a better place. That's that's a great way. That's a great segue because really it's talking about, you know, uh, foundation and talking about what you what the vision is for the company, right? So essentially that's important because a lot of people may have that vision but may get directed somewhere else because they don't have the access to information or they don't, you know, know how to connect their vision with the eventual journey or goal or whatever where they're going to. So I appreciate you explaining that because yeah, it's it's different in, in different states, but if that's conceptually where you're at in your foundation, you know, you don't want people in terms of their own journey to change their journey, you know, to try to get a different outcome because essentially it gets them kind of lost. And I think that's where people will struggle, you know, uh, for business because then it's like, should I do it for this reason? Should I do it for that reason? What is the true foundation that you're, you're looking for. So I appreciate you explaining that, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm a firm believer that if we step out and do something for the right reason, we're going to be gratefully rewarded for that anyway. Great example was years ago, my daughter and I, with the limousine company, we had a goal that we we're going to raise toys for this homeless shelter. And we collected a ton of toys and we're ready to deliver the toys on Christmas morning. And we were 375 or actually $360 short of reaching our goal. And I looked at my daughter and said, what do we do? I mean, we can't show up. Some kids can't not have a toy. That's not an option. Every kid's going to get a toy. And she goes, dad, but where are we going to get the money from? And I looked over at my business account and I had money in an account set aside to make a lease payment on one of the limousines. So I knew that I could easily take money out of that account and buy toys with it, but that lease payment wasn't going to get made on Monday obligation. I made a commitment, right? To help these kids. Yeah. Took the lease payment money, use it to buy toys. We showed up. Every kid got a toy. We got lots of smiles. It was a win-win all the way around. Monday morning came. I'm thinking, oh man, what am I going to do? How am I going to make the lease payment? I go to the mailbox and there's a letter in the mailbox. Two years prior to this, I had done a limousine job for someone and they paid by check and the check bounced. Never heard from the person, wasn't able to track the person down. I figured, well, I'll just write it off. I'm never going to see that money again. The envelope had a check for $361 in it with a note that said, we are so sorry it's taken this long. We hit financial difficulty and had to leave quickly. But I want to make sure that we may do on this debt. Please accept this check as not only payment, but also a little bit extra for your trust. Covered the pay, covered it. I mean, did I know that was going to happen? No, I had to step out in faith. I had to step out and stay true to the mission. And if I have to tell a bank that they're going to have to wait on the money or come get my car or tell a little kid that he's not getting his toy, it's no question who conversation I'm going to be talking to. It's not going to be a little kid in the toy. But the bank got the money too. So everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. I love that story so yep. much, Mike. <laughs> 
We were like, Tavon and I were just waiting for it. You can see us. We're both just grinning. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's a miracle at the end of the store. We know it. <laughs> oh, yes. it. It's so true. I love how you we were talking about just staying in faith. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and, and he, he was talking about miracles, miracles. And I was like, well, what is a miracle? Right? What is a miracle? Because, uh, you know, my belief, miracle, all these things happen all the time. Are we being aware of these situations? They happen yeah. all the time. But it's the second that we don't believe these things happen, that we're not going to see them when they do show up, right? So um, I love that. That's a great testimony of staying in faith. So once somebody asks, how do I become a 100 million strong candidate? I put your website up there. I'm going to assume that's where they go. Yes, definitely. That would be the best place. Reach out to us. We'd love to talk. I know there's a big link across the website that says, do you want to become a candidate? You can click it and I think just register right there. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're going to be wrapping up. Anything that you want to leave us with, Mike? I guess just stay true to your cause, especially entrepreneurs. We go into business because we have a mission. We have something that we want to show up and serve. Stay true to that. Don't let other people tell you how or what you should be doing. Follow your heart and trust that the people that you need, like us here, are there to help you. Reach out and with that, you will find the support that you needed. One of the best things a limousine company was I found, I was never without help because all my clients, no matter how successful they were, were always a phone call away if I had a question. Find people in your life that are in that situation that can reach out and reach out to them and ask them, hey, can you give me advice on this? I'm thinking about doing this. What should I do? I promise you people, will, if it's the right person, they will answer you. They'll give you advice. And if it's not, then they're not the right person. Or if they won't, they're not the right person. Awesome. Mike Raybar, 100 million strong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been awesome to learn more about you, your organization, to learn more about imposter syndrome. You've dropped a lot of wisdom on us today. We're so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you as well. It's great to be here. Indeed, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, awesome, man. Good grief, this guy. Good gracious. Yeah, he was dropping some bombs. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's different. It's a different energy in the room when a mission-driven person walks through. Yes. I'm not doing right. it for the bread. The bread is a byproduct of my mission. Mm -hmm. You can tell it's, really, it's a good feeling. Um, Mike is somebody I would reach out to, like, hey, let's do something. <laughs> do something. Let's figure something to do. Out. What did you take yeah. away from that? Oh, a big one. You want me to go first? So, um, you know, this whole experience, I think, with Mike has just been great for me, recognizing what imposter syndrome is. And so, I mean, basically, I take it as anytime I doubt myself or, you know, think I can't do something or say I'm a dummy or blah, 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 or put myself down in any way, really, I'm being an imposter. That's imposter syndrome. I shut my mouth. So leaving this today, anytime that little voice creeps up, which, by the way, is also part of conditioning, too. So we have to be aware of that, that that's not truth. Our truth is whatever we want that belief to be. Right. So um, but just be like imposter, right? Shut up. <laughs> you right, imposter, right. go kick yep. butt today. And I want to challenge everyone that's watching the show. That's right. Right? I think it's Tony Robbins has that right. Smack your hands, do something, right? Imposter, shut up. And you better step right. into the power and the champion that you are. So that was my takeaway for today. <laughs> see what Mike <laughs> do to people. <laughs> Mike Graver, see what you do in the people out here, man. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, the thing about foundation is, 
his his vision from his foundation. I mean, obviously he mentioned uh, his daughter a couple of times, so that's super important to him. And a lot of people sometimes when they jump into business, they forget their foundation. They just jump in like, okay, whatever this is going to be, it's going to be. But it seems like between his experience and his contribution, he's very focused on what he wants to leave, you know, uh, what the legacy he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right. It hits different when it's somebody that's mission driven because they're thinking of the long term, even though there's short term things you got to do. They're also thinking of the long term. And it's it's amazing to see because it's people like that. You know, it's like when you think about how like the country was built. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, all these railroads and highways and stuff like that, where they just build it in areas, crazy areas. but Somehow they all connect us all together. Right. Well, in business, he's doing the same. He's saying, you know, let, let me create a legacy, but have a foundation here. So whatever happens after me still continues on. That's a very good blueprint to have. And, you know, a lot of people want that, but right. they're afraid because of their imposter syndrome to actually step into that. So they're like, OK, I'll wait on that. I'll wait till I get to this level. I'll wait till I get to that level. And it seems to me like he's saying, you know. It doesn't matter the level that you're at. It matters the legacy that you leave. There it is, champ. You're right on. You're right on. You know, it makes me think, and I know we're wrapping up, that um, the fact that we are biologically creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you keep doing, you're going to get better at. Yep. If you keep messing up, you'd be a perfect mess up. No matter what it is you keep doing, you're going to get better at it. And it might helps me to look at that like, what is your mission? What is the influence you have around you? Create that and stay in the pocket for the sake of the mission. And you'll blow away your aspirations if you maintain true to your mission. And it may take longer than you think, but what you become is so much more important and valuable than what you get. Yep. I'm, on, awesome. I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm forcing myself not to ramble so we can close it out. Thank you again, Mike. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to close it up. Hey, another awesome Monday on the Better Your Business Show. Thank you to Mike for joining us this morning, Todd and Tehran, our studio audience. We always love having your comments, um, your contributions, and having you join us, us. Join us to do the LA Tribune and I Do Systems for today's sponsorship. Do something today that will help you better your business. We will see you next Monday live. And remember today, if that imposter syndrome shows up into your world, you just soccer in the face. You hit like a. (laughs) We'll see you next Monday. Have a great week, everyone. All right. All right. right. Bye bye. Peace. Our goal is simple to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.